You're listening to the Naptime Empires podcast with my mom, Nikki Ellidge Brown. Mom, your show's on. Thanks, bud. I got it from here. Welcome to the Naptime Empires podcast, refreshingly honest conversations on the realities of parenthood and entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Nikki Ellidge Brown. Let's get started. Raina Pomeroy is the founder of Raina & Co. and the creator of the Dreamy Client Magnet Program. She helps multi-passionate entrepreneurs get laser-focused so they can book more dreamy clients with ease, get paid to do what they love, and have the freedom and flexibility they crave. Raina is also a coach and facilitator for the Women in Management Program at Stanford Business School. She's a certified coach, speaker, educated author, podcaster, and mom to Cato. We originally connected back in 2016. I went back into my Gmail inbox because I remembered getting this email from her because it was so refreshing and different from all the other emails from people that I didn't yet know. She was just genuinely like grateful for how my content had helped her and introductions through various affiliate promotions and things. It was like a love note, just encouragement through the inbox. There was no motive, like other than just to connect and send love through email, it was so lovely. And so I replied, we connected. We eventually did have a great conversation on the podcast that she used to host called creative empire. They just wrapped that up. And I love that conversation. I'll link to it in the show notes. I don't even remember exactly what we talked about, but I remember being like, I really liked that conversation. (laughs) I think it was probably in the start of my transition from a course about copy phase into the naptime empires phase. Anyway, I love Raina. She was dreamy number one for my trimester of awesome mastermindy experience, which you may have heard me talk about before. It was this magical three month season in 2017. And then at the end of that summer, we met in real life because she came to the retreat that I hosted for trimester of awesome team in Houston, which was actually the week before Harvey hit. So anyway. I love her. She's great. This conversation was awesome. We talked about all kinds of things from what motivated her to leave her career in social work to become a coach, how she's been navigating this phase of like when you are falling out of that infatuation phase of business and realizing, oh, wow, I have no hobbies. What am I going to do? And I'm just going to do a spoiler alert because she chose ice skating. And I love this part of the conversation, the different life and business lessons that have come from her year and a half now of ice skating lessons. We talk about the shift in the weekday shuffle because her family moved from DC to California and she used to work full-time on the business. Now she's got a little more of a flexible schedule. So we talk about what's leisurely and also challenging as it relates to that. We talk about how she's read over 130 books this year and some of her top recommendations. A mini sidebar about sharing not just about business, but also about life in a way that actually feels sincere and then what she's most excited about in her business right now. So enjoy the conversation. I'll meet you on the flip side for some homework. All right. I just had to say to Raina, you have to stop talking so that we can press record because there's so much goodness that we're going to cover. So Raina, thank you for taking time out of your day to come talk Naptime Empires for like a second time. This has literally been years in the making. So It has been years in the making. Oh my gosh. No, I'm so excited because the first time we talked, you were still in Hawaii. I was still in DC and we both moved. And so we're just in different places. Yes. So much has changed and that's why it's all perfect. Like this conversation is going to be exactly what it needs to be. And hashtag Naptime Empire style. I just want to start by framing up the story of your own Naptime Empire and how you got to 
this particular point in terms of motherhood and also your business. So tell me a little bit about Cato and the business as it is now. Yeah, so I have a four, almost five-year-old son, and I was still in a nine-to-five job. It was more like an eight-to-seven job <laughs> um, when I had him, and about four and a half months into that journey, I was still doing the two-hour commute, and it was rough times. So I realized that there had to be more to life than this, and I didn't really have much of an exit plan except for that I really wanted to find something. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I quit that nine-to-five and realized that I wanted to find something bigger, better, and I didn't know that entrepreneurship would be it. And, you know, a lot of self-exploration, deep reflecting, lots of journaling and found, happened to find coaching. And it's been like a really awesome world because I, I don't know about people who listen to this podcast, but before I started my business, kind of transitioning out of the nine to five world to kind of just parenting in general, I was lonely being a stay at home mom and doing just like the play date thing and trying to make mom friends and being at home. And I just, I know that being a stay at home parent has its merits, but I was just not cut out for it. So I really was craving for this, this identity to be able to make a bigger impact or do something else and carve out my own space, I guess. And that's kind of how I fell into entrepreneurship. And so it's been four years ish now and it's still a fun and wild journey. But the first few years of entrepreneurship, I think I was kind of obsessed with my business. Mm. Um, I, I think a lot of people can identify with that and kind of getting in the, I don't know, just, just getting caught up in their business and thinking that it's the most important thing, even though we start it often for, you know, the freedom and flexibility that entrepreneurship can bring. I found myself turning, you know, friends down when they were inviting me to things or, you know, turning away some of those mom friends that invited me to bring my son to, you know, a play date or whatever, and just kind of got, I found myself burying my head in the sand and just, just working, working, working all the time. And it was, it was kind of a, I don't know, it, I wouldn't say toxic necessarily because I was so in love with the business, but I think there was a point where I just realized that I had kind of lost myself in the process. Mm, yes. And, yeah. And just, you know, wanted to outshine. I wasn't necessarily competing with anyone, I don't think, yeah. but I get competitive with myself and I set a goal and I want to achieve that and anything less than that and achieving anything less than a monetary goal or a numerical goal or some kind of quantitative goal felt like underperforming. And to me, you know, underperforming is like a trigger to my values. So yeah, so that was kind of two years in and I feel like, you know, cut this short a little bit. Yeah. The past two years have been a journey to exploring a little bit more of what I wanted to do, not just what my business needed or what I wanted to do with my business, but just kind of slowing down and saying, what does Raina need as a human being? You know, one of the things that I, the reasons why I started this business wasn't necessarily the money. I mean, it was for sure to be able to sustain my family and it's done that. But beyond that, I wanted an identity and I wanted to be able to have something bigger than, you know, myself. And so, but my business has done that. I feel like I have it and I felt like I needed something in addition to that, and one of the interviews, just like this, a podcast interviewer asked me, Raina, what do you do for fun? Or like, what, do you, what hobbies do you have? Or something like that. And I was like, oh, I don't have any hobbies. At that point, I really was just so obsessed with my business that I didn't really remember doing anything. 
And in my family life, we were in a point where my husband was about to take on a new contract with his consulting work, and he was going to be on a 100% travel capacity, which means that I was basically going to be a solo parent for the next year. And I was just like, I can't do that. I can't just be obsessed with my work and like be a full human being and be a good parent to my son and hopefully be a long distance partner to my, my husband. And so there just had to be a few changes. And so that's been like the exploration that I've been doing the past two years or so. Well, I freaking love this exploration because as we were just talking about, like this is exactly, it's been my own journey, which is why it's exactly what I want to be sharing in this book that I'm about to write as we're in the time that we're recording this <laughs> and the identity piece. And I a hundo get what you're saying because there's definitely been, there was the infatuation phase yeah. in the business. It's almost like in a relationship where it's like you're connected at the hip, you know, at the beginning. And then you realize like, oh, but I have my own identity apart from you business. We're not actually connected at the hip all the time. And yeah. it's also just about owning whatever season you're in because the business was exactly what it needed to be in that season, you know? And just like you were saying with the hobby thing, I totally was like, I get that. And I think a lot of people get that where you're like, well, this is all I want to talk about and think about right now. And that's okay until it's not. And then that's when you take that time to be like, okay, so actually, and the way I used to describe it is like, I went from feeling like a well-rounded person to a sharpened pencil. We're like, this Uh was it. This is all I can talk about. This is all I can think about. And I'm at the point now of reflection where I can see the benefit of that season for sure. And yeah, I also know that I want to do it differently at this point and that's okay too. But man, I struggled and arm wrestled the whole transition of like, who am I? You know, if I I don't even give two poops about business right now, like what does that even mean? And who am I? Because it was so everything for a while. Yeah. I felt like, I don't know if you feel this way, but you know, once you're in the online entrepreneur space, it feels like you kind of have to keep up. Mm. And I felt like there was a a moment where I was like, I'm doing this for all the wrong reasons. Mm. And not that, you know, striving towards your goals or whatever is not important, but if I'm doing it to keep up pretenses or keep up with the crowd or whatever, that doesn't make sense to me. And I saw a lot of my friends kind of burning out and their marriages were crumbling and, you know, they were having a lot of other issues that I felt like they were also coming to me for, for a lot of this stuff too. Like just with the struggles and challenges that they were having, but they were so like deeply entrenched in their businesses that they couldn't, you know, they, they felt like they needed to keep up with that. And I felt the same way too. So I was just like at a point where I needed to slow down and look at my husband and say, is this what I really want? Is this what we really want? And for sure, financial stability and success and you know, prosperity is always good. But at what cost? Mm. If I'm drained and cranky all the time, like no one wants a cranky wife or cranky partner or you know, sister or whatever. And I just couldn't be my best self if I was in that state, like competing all the time. Yeah. So... Totally. And that's the power of the reflection because what you realize is even though at first it was out of your own values where you were like, look, and all the respect to the people whose calling is to be a stay at home parent, that's sure. Yeah. And true thing. And yet it's not the case for everyone. And sometimes it's the, I want to go back to work at six weeks or whenever. And that's totally fine to put the, your child in full-time daycare. Like we just have to be honest about what we actually want and not 
drowning in the shoulds of what we think. So-and-so thinks that I'm supposed to be doing this and this is what it looks like to be a good mom or this is what it looks like to be a good business owner. And just being able to be honest about that, like you said, at first, which is what sparked you to create something other than what you currently had. And then once that was like, okay, all encompassing, then you realize, well, this isn't either. And that's the freaking journey. Like at this time that we're recording this, Michelle Obama's book Becoming just came out. And I love that. So good. Exactly. Like Becoming, there's no finite, like, okay, cool. I'm exactly who I'm created to be at this, like forever. I'm complete. You know, like we're always going to be shifting. So it's powerful to have some kind of practice or at least friends who can hold up the mirror and be like, is this you? Is that you in there? Or are you totally taking on what everyone else or what you think everyone else expects in you? And it's not even necessarily a true reflection of what everybody else is looking for from you. So yeah, I think that's spot on. I think that there's so many identities that we kind of latch on to because others expected of us, right? And that we feel like we need to be in and that person might not even be saying that or, you know, whatever, but we just have this identity that we should be doing something else or whatever. Yes. Good girl, overachiever, recovering perfectionist, all of those things. <laughs> yes. Just mom. Yes. All those things. So I do want to talk about what you love about your business and what originally you were offering and creating and how that has shifted now that you, because also I want to talk about just the transition because we've both made huge like cross country moves in the yeah. last year and some change. So let's talk first about the business piece and then let's talk about how your move and this whole transition has shifted how you're showing up in that. Yeah. Respect. So I started my business just doing one-on-one coaching. I, as a, my, my, my background is in social work. I was a therapist. I was, a, you know, working in that space, doing program management and therapy and whatnot, and basically got my degree in talking to people. And then after I left that job, got my certification in coaching. And so I've gotten multiple degrees in talking to people and listening to people. And so that was why I started my business. I really felt like there was a need for this intersection of not just business coaching and like strategy work that I saw a lot of, but just listening to people and like what they were experiencing in their businesses and, you know, making bigger life changes beyond just the the business launch that they were experiencing or whatever. So that was why I started this business and I wanted to do a lot of that. And for about two years, I was doing all one-on-one and group coaching. And since then, I've really honed in on what I love doing most and just diving into how I think I help people best, which is now working with people who are super multi-passionate, who have, you know, lots of skills that they bring to the table and have, you know, struggled to figure out what their actual thing is. Like they have like an intersection. They've tried a lot of different things. They've had a lot of different jobs, but they haven't been able to nail down their one thing. Mm -hmm. And so as entrepreneurs, you know, niching down is a huge, huge part of what we have to do. But sometimes when you're a multi-passionate person, you're not quite sure what that intersection really is. And so I feel like I help people cut the fluff from all of the things that they could be doing and really focus in on what brings them the most joy and ultimately gets them to a place of stability and, you know, financial prosperity in their businesses as quickly as possible. And to think, not only about the marketing side of their business, but what, you know, what makes the core of their business, what doesn't change, even if the circumstances change. So I I really hone in on how to help people reflect on their businesses and thinking through, you know, major life transitions, as well as business transitions, kind of like, 
it's like a Venn diagram. It's like a life and business Venn diagram. And the part we talk about is that sliver in the middle. So it's really awesome and fun work. And so, so often people come to me, they're really passionate about the work that they're doing, but also are maybe at a point of burning out or they want to take it to a bigger level, but they're not quite sure. And it's a little bit scary to go there. So that's the work that I get to do now. Well, I love that. And that's a perfect transition into your own yeah. transition. So like, how has this shifted? Because y'all moved from, you were in DC area, mm-hmm. right? And now you're in yep. California. So how's that been? Because I totally, I knew when we moved from Texas to Hawaii, like logically, intellectually, I knew that's a huge life transition and all the things that were coming with it. And still, I wasn't prepared. <laughs> I mean, yeah. not that you can, like, you just know, like, like with parenthood, like you can't really prepare for it. You know, okay, this is going to be different we don't really know how to you're living it. So how has that been for y'all? Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's a little bit of a switch for us. I know you guys loved Hawaii, but you guys are now closer to family. We're actually the opposite. We lost a lot of our family Mm. by leaving. And so it's been a little bit of a more even challenging situation, I guess, but we love it here in California. I think the move in and of itself was fine besides, you know, managing a three now four year old (laughs) in you know integrating with a new school and making new friends and you know just all the changes that come with moving that was fine but I think you know things that have changed for me have been you know I've taken a bigger responsibility in the pickups and drop-offs and you know playing a bigger mom role than I used to have to with like the weekday shuffle (laughs) of, of things and so I work shorter hours during the day which is totally fine and I've actually kind of enjoyed that you know California has beautiful weather and so I try to spend the day outside more than I used to in Virginia so it's kind of a nice thing and it's just been like we made a commitment for me to do that. Mm. And so it's been very intentional. Sometimes just me being intentional and deciding those things. When my husband's like, you can just work a couple extra hours. The daycare is still open or whatever. And I'll be like, no, I'm picking him up when it's still light out. Like that is my decision. So even though daylight savings makes it a little bit more difficult, you know, we yeah, try to like, what do you mean sunsets at 5.19 PM? Like, oh my gosh. Or 4, 4.50. That's so wild. It's yeah. awful. And so like, I'm leaving my house at like four o'clock to pick them up or wrapping up at three 30. It seems so bizarre to like close down business at three 30 or three o'clock, even if I have to walk my dog or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's just one of those things that I want for it to be like this. You know, I don't want to get into the place of, Oh my gosh, it's so crazy. And life is so busy all the time. And so it feels really leisurely to do it this way. And also really challenging sometimes because sometimes I I do have to work into the evening, you know, after my son goes down and hopefully he'll go down at an early hour versus, you know, throwing a tantrum at night. Um, Oh my gosh, mom life. But (laughs) (laughs) we've had a really interesting time over here lately. And Diki, if you're listening earmuffs, because what I realized is I could just be like, like, lay down quietly for five minutes. Daddy will come give you a smoochie. And he's like, and a hug? Okay. And then he just lays down. But he was full on screaming. And I'm like, dude, you can do this. I believe in you. And uh-huh. not up to me if daddy fulfills on the deal. I got the sale. I got the contract. You know, like <laughs> I got what I needed. Whether he <laughs> delivers that hug later or not, you know, we never know. We never know. <laughs> so funny. I mean, that's just kind of how it is. And I'm just like, please just go lay down. It'll be fine. You know, so yeah, that's just kind of how life feels like right now. And it's been, it's been like a fun little transition, lots of like hiccups and, you know, just dealing with, is this normal for a four-year-old kind of stuff? But yeah, it's just kind of navigating 
through life. <sighs> it's like everything is on fast forward too, because just seeing that I was just looking back through my camera roll the other day at a video of Bryson this time three years ago, but he was oh my gosh. Time and I'm just like, Oh my gosh, he looked like such a baby. Like yeah. how did, you know, and you just, you don't see it in that moment. And then all it takes is one scroll back through the camera roll. And you're like, what is time? Like what is mm -hmm. time? And that's always how it's going to be, right? So it's like whatever we can do to be able to have those anchor points every now and then. Of course, we're not always going to be in the present moment. That's not this duality of human life. Like we're always going to slip yeah. out of it. But in the moments where we can really be like, it's not always going to be like this. You're going to miss this. Just choose any country song. <laughs> any country, <laughs> happy country song about the fleeting nature of childhood in these early years. But I also want to talk about the weekday shuffle when you were in Virginia, because yeah. I think we talked about in our first uptime <laughs> in Paris conversation, because that's cool too. And I want to, I want moms who do choose to go the full-time option to be like, Oh, this is how y'all made it work. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I feel like in Virginia, what I was, especially the last year, because my husband was like fully gone during the week mm -hmm. and also drilling for the reserves for the Marine Corps. And so he would be gone like Sunday through Thursday, be home Friday, leave Saturday, Sunday to drill. So we maybe had him like six days during the month, like weekend days during the month. And that was pretty tough. And so basically what I had to do was kind of extend my work days, but also be able to hang out with him at night and be like fully, fully present for dinner time, bath time, you know, just kind of going to bedtime and then in the morning as well. And we try to have like a little bit of a longer mornings and drop him off a little bit later. But our daycare was a little bit closer back then. And so it didn't feel as crazy, I think. So yeah, I, I just felt like I wasn't doing as much and we didn't try to you know, shoving all the extracurriculars and stuff like that, mm -hmm. even during the weekends, just kind of try to take it as easy as we could and enjoy our time. But yeah, the weekday shuffle felt chaotic and stressful having to do it all by myself. Yeah. Like you're just trying to get through. And also when you know that you're doing dinner, bath, bedtime and everything by yourself, then it's like, like you take a deep breath and it's like, see you on the other side. So, you know, cause you just have to be like, okay, we're doing, we're taking care of these physical needs and we've got mm -hmm. this, we can do this just one step in front of the other. Yeah. So I'm also thinking when you were taking that and you were basically solo parenting for practically all the time, how were you taking time for yourself or were you taking time for yourself where it wasn't necessarily like, Oh, I, he's at daycare. Cause that's the other thing too. I feel like sometimes people are like, okay, if they're in someone else's care, then I have to be doing something business. Yeah. Or I need to be in my laptop. It's like, no, but sometimes you just need to take a nap <laughs> or sometimes totally. you need to go yeah. just have a really long conversation and a walk and talk with a friend or whatever. So how did you take care of you during those times? I'm trying to remember as best as I can. I feel like I was pretty like on point with work mm -hmm. during work hours, not because I felt like it was bad to take time off. I did have one day every once every month, it was usually on a Friday where I would just schedule it and buy a Fandango ticket for a movie and a lunch for myself. Oh, yeah. I just like take myself on a solo date. The movie theater was like literally across the street from my house. So I had like no excuse. And if I booked the ticket, I wasn't going to like not go. So I just did it ahead of time. 
And it was basically a non-negotiable, just go do it, have fun, then go pick up your son kind of thing. But besides that, I was kind of, you know, put my head down, do the work. And then in the evening, I would just chill. Like, whereas now sometimes I'm working at night. Last year, I worked no nights except for, I think it was either a combination of like two or three weekend days or evenings, which is pretty awesome. Like I did not, I tried my best not to be in my computer or working all but those three days. So yeah, that was like my, the best self-care I could do. I don't watch a lot of TV. So just like chilling, talking to people in the evenings, hanging out. I'm an extrovert. So just recharging by talking to humans is great for me. Um, yeah. So that's kind of how I, I like to do things. But that movie date was always like a nice little anchor point for myself. Like we talk about anchors and memories like that for our kids. But one of the things that I really love to do is like just remembering like, oh, that month was a little bit nutty, but I got to see that movie. Or yes. I love that idea. I'm hoping that to you listening, you take that and whether it's a movie date or any kind of date of something that's fun, completely unrelated to anything other than just your own interests. Yeah. So valuable and just fun. And also it's that accountability, like have the skin in the game of actually buying the ticket. And it is like a time and space. It's not just like, Oh, that day I'll do something for me, but like committing. Yeah. This is what it's going to be. Yeah. Oh, another thing I totally forgot. And we, when we were talking about hobbies, I could have brought this up. So last year I started taking ice skating lessons and the practices were on Mondays. And so I think it was like Monday at three o'clock they had open skate. And then on Saturdays they had lessons. And so I would literally strap up, like leave my house at three o'clock or whatever to go ice skating for a few hours before I picked up Kato. And it was just like a commitment that I made to myself. I paid for it. I bought you know, boots and just got on the ice and practiced. And yeah, the sooner I got on the ice, the less, you know, I was likely to trip on an eight year old. (laughs) So (laughs) It was just another incentive. But when that, that was one of the things that I really wanted to be able to just like develop hobbies that had nothing to do with my family that had nothing to do with like something that I had tried before, something that felt a little bit scary and expansive. So ice skating was one of them next year. I'm going to be doing ceramics, just like trying a lot of different things that I, I never got a chance to try as a kid. I love that. And it makes me think of JVN from Queer Eye on Instagram yes. because he's been doing the ice skating and I'm like, yes. so fun. And yes, like it might seem silly or whatever, but it's like, dude, just take a few minutes to brainstorm and it can be whatever it is. And then you just choose the finalist and go with it and give it a try and see if you like it because that's freaking awesome. Plus that's good for your body too. Like that's yeah. good for all the things. Like it's fun. It's challenging for your brain. So did you improve? How long were you doing your ice skating lessons? Yeah, I did it through this past summer. So a year and a half-ish. I mean, minus a few months because of the move. I think I missed like one session. Yeah. But I can skate backwards now and not fall on my face. So we're, we're making progress. I feel like like as grownups, we're a lot slower to learn than like, yeah. you know, little guys who don't like don't fear falling as much. I definitely fear falling. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's, it's just like a fun challenge. And for me, I've learned so much about like life and business and everything just because through the practice of ice skating and just practice and showing up to the ice, like I notice when I don't trust myself and I'm not trying something because I don't trust myself or whatever it is. And yeah, that, yes. Tell me more, tell me more, tell me more about things like ice skating lessons. (laughs) Yeah, no, 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 it's totally fine. So one of the things like trust is a big one. When, when you do crossovers, you're, you're, you know, skating with your left foot and you're lifting your right foot, you lose a little bit of balance and then you put your right foot over your left foot, right? So Mm. you're crossing yourself over and picking up your foot and then shifting the balance. It feels like you're going to fall. 
and it doesn't feel natural, you're going to fall on your butt. And it's one of those things that if you trust yourself, it's actually going to be a lot smoother than if you don't trust yourself. If you just go for it rather than like, oh, I don't know if I can do it. And then just trying it. So that's been one of the things that has been the biggest. And my coach will call me out and say, Raina, you just need to lean into it and just go for it because you will land it if you just do it. <laughs> and that's been one of the things that's been like, oh, where am, where am I just like holding back and where am I not showing up to do it when I know that I've done it in the past? Or, you know, even if I've never done it in the past, that like the worst that can happen is like you fall and you might bruise your tail mm-hmm. for a little bit. Oh so, man, that's so good. Cause literally as you were saying it, I was thinking about in any transition when you're letting go and we were talking about 2018 for us. And I think just numerologically, it's been mm-hmm. a year of letting go and letting things come to a close and all of that. But also yeah. when it comes to a move, whether you're trying something new in your business and it is that second where you do have to lift that skate up, like you have to lift mm-hmm. it and you're going to be a little wobbly. But what you just said is so, that's such a nugget about like when you trust yourself, it'll go so much smoother. Yeah. Um, and and the worst case scenario, like you, you fall on your butt and you get right back up. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, when I trust myself, it's kind of like a leap of faith and you just kind of go for it and hope for the best. Like who knows if you'll fall, but at the same time, if you don't do it, you're just going to be practicing again and again, again, you'd rather like know that you can do it and like be able to do it again. Well, I guess. So yeah, it's just like a mind game for myself. And I can see like how athletes I'm not competing in at any level, obviously, (laughs) but like as athletes and stuff like that, back in high school, when I was competing at at, at different sports, it's like the mind game is so hard and the mindset is also so hard. And so that's kind of like where I bring it back to business and reminding myself that whenever I'm at a point where I'm stuck, I need to work on my mindset, not work on the strategy. Mm. Yep. Underlining that one as well. (laughs) The audio highlight. (laughs) But that's totally, that also makes me think of what we were talking about with rereading or I'm re-listening to Liz Gilbert's book, Big Magic this week. And I was just telling Raina before we started recording that I'm just practicing like bum in seat, just sitting Mm -hmm. down to write, even if it's just for 15 minutes. And she talks about the idea of aiming for being a deeply disciplined half ass <laughs> like like that you're just gonna show up and it can be a little messy or a lot messy but you're just there and you're committed to it and it's fun because as you do it just like you said you start to notice things like because you're really in the moment with this new skill or the way that you're practicing something and you have to be really present to it and then you're like well oh, that's interesting I've never thought like this before or I see how when I do this it makes it easier and when I do this it makes it harder And you're just really studying yourself and how you're being and how you're showing up to something. And you can notice, like you said, when you're not trusting yourself or when you're really avoiding it and dragging your feet or your skates or whatever it may be. Yeah. So one of my goals for next year, as you're talking about writing, I'm like getting fired up about this. I wrote a a business book last year, all about goal setting and like working with other people. But next year, one of my personal goals is to write a novel. I have no idea where that came from. No clue. Like I want it to be fiction. I want it to be like interesting. So this year, one of my goals was to read a hundred books and I've read 130. And so I'm like, I think I could tell a story. I've talked to a lot of people in my life and I would love to tell a story that comes together. No expectations. Like I don't need it to be published. I don't need like anyone you know, any more than like five people to read it really. But just to like have it be an exercise of something that I'm kind of scared of doing and have this expectation that like one has to look like something or one has to be like something in order to write a book. 
And I have no idea where that idea came from, but it's, it's stuck there. And I think I'm going to do it. And now that I've said it out loud on a podcast, maybe it's going to happen. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. I'll be one of the first five. I'd like to pre-order. Uh, <laughs> I have no idea what it's going to be about or what the genre is or anything like that. But I just, <laughs> just, the, just showing up message that you just talked about was like so on point for me. It's like, I have no idea, but I just need to do like that, like brainstorm, just sit down and do it. And Maybe it'll be sputtering at the beginning, but who knows by the end of the year, it might be more or less a novel. Yes. Have you read Big Magic before? I have. Yeah. But I think I need to reread it because I read it when it first came out. Yes. Yes. Because I first, the first time I read it, it was the hardback and it was in 2016 when I was going Facebook and Instagram free that weekend. And I just read the book and I was like, wow, this is cool. I could read an actual physical book if I'm not just mindlessly scrolling and consuming people's posts, you know, like this is a cool thing. But my friend Jada just met her the other day and she was like, maybe you need to re-listen. And I was like, okay, I'm going to take that as a nudge. Sure. And just re-listening to it has totally inspired me. Like I forgot what was even in the book. It's like it, it absorbed and it reached me on the level it needed to reach me. And now it's reaching me in a totally new way. And I think exactly what you just said, you should listen to it and it'll get all your creativity cooties going in terms of the novel and, and also the detachment from it. Cause that's really yeah. what she talks about. It's about creative living beyond fear, but really she talks about fear is going to be there. Just don't let fear touch the radio, <laughs> like mm-hmm. let fear go to the back seat and all that. So if you haven't read it and you're listening to this totally like on audible or whatever your favorite format is for reading, I highly recommend it because it's really just about detaching and letting it be. And she talks about with eat, pray, love and writing it for herself and how it was like really cool that it actually helped a lot of people, but also that they put their own projections onto it and yeah. that's theirs. Like she did her part, she showed up and then it's, it's in their hands. That's their own creativity, like to make what they make of it and all of that. Yeah. It's fun though. Like it's fun and it's nerdy, like to just play with this thing, which it's beautiful. I'm glad to be on this part of the journey with you because it's fun. Thank you. On the other Uh, side of the infatuation and figuring it out, you know? (laughs) I love it. One of the things that kept coming up, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, is I think you're really good at this already, is you kind of, you're really good at sharing in the moment and sharing your learning as you go. I have been given a lot of constructive criticism from people that say like, you, you keep people at an arm's length or arm's distance, I guess. And I know this about myself. I think one, it's because I'm Japanese and you're not supposed to talk about yourself. Mm-hmm. And two, because I'm, I, as a social worker, I, there's like a line in my brain where I don't talk, you know, beyond this line about myself. And I have been wanting to explore like how to be, I, I hate the word authentic because that doesn't feel right to me, but yeah. just to be able to share and show up and share more in a way that is serving to other people or just showing up in general. And like, that might be another channel of writing. It might not be this book that I'm thinking about, but I'd be curious to hear like your thoughts about what could that look like and just doing, maybe this is like an offline conversation we have. No, those are the best. Those are the best conversations that I'm having like in Voxer threads and I'm like, oh, I wish this was a podcast because it's like, this is what we all love to hear about, right? It's like the conversations we're having. Okay, yeah. so what is your question? Like a way that you could be documenting journey in a way that doesn't necessarily have to feel worky or what's the question? I, I guess the question is like, how can I share more about myself in a, an authentic way that's not like super markety, just like mm-hmm. being able to share more and showing up and just being who I am, I guess, and being able to do that a little bit more 
openly, I guess, than just, I have to work for it. I mean, I guess everything that is difficult for you, you have to work for, <laughs> but I don't even know if that there's a question. I'm just wondering if there's a path for self-exploration here in a way that's, you know, I, I want to share the journey with people when, when sharing to them also feels difficult. Yeah. I, well, one, I feel like it's so interesting because when you're telling me this about how you feel like I do a good job with this, my BS meter of my own is going on in my head. I'm like, no, I don't. There's so much that I haven't been sharing and that I've been only sharing in the boxer threads. And so like, it's so interesting how we see, cause then I'm like, but you're out there and you're doing it. Like, I feel like I've been hiding out and you've been out there sharing in such a beautiful way. So it's also just like in the eye of the beholder, right? Because I totally see you as doing it. So I feel like it's a permission slip to know that you can share it without needing to have some kind of reverse engineered marketing offer on the other side of it. In that case, you really are just sharing it for the sake of sharing it and the ice skating, you know, like that's the thing. I, it's just, you have so many interesting stories and it's so beautiful to hear the things that you're taking, drinking, trying and, and the weekday shuffle and all of that. Like just sharing those little bits is a gift. And even if it's just the gift for you, you know, like even if you're just documenting the journey for you. And I have a podcast episode on that because I need to hear the message as well called do it for you where it's like, I always say when it comes to copy right to one. And actually that was the question Jada asked Liz Gilbert at the meet and greet the other day is like, what's your advice for writing the first book? And she was like, write for one person. They don't need to know that you're writing it for them, but just mm-hmm. write with that one specific person in mind. And I say that. And yet sometimes even though logically we know it's going to be for more than just one person, but like, mm-hmm. even if it was just for you, which is the coolest thing that's most exciting when you're talking about the novel and everything and the ceramics and the ice skating and all the things like even if it was just for you, it's going to benefit everyone else because then Raina is showing up more Raina than ever and your husband and your little guy benefit from that. And then everyone that you encounter benefits from that. And everyone who's hearing the fact that you just took up ice skating just because like it's benefiting from just the fact that you did that. So that's the coolest thing about this, you know, whole idea of being selfish is we all benefit when we choose yeah. to do that, you know, because otherwise we're, we're not playing our game and we're tap dancing. The like, I always think of the jazz hands and like a top hat. That's going in <laughs> where we're like, is this what you guys want to see? Is this, is this it? Is this it? And it's like, they didn't even order that. That's just what we thought. And then when we actually start yeah. to show up as we are, they're like, oh, yeah, that's what we needed. Like that's what we were looking for. So I think it's cool. I mean, even if you just tagged me and I want to see, (laughs) I want to see it. Like it's that it's, and, and you know what, Rena, it's been the journey that I've been on. I feel like I'm just a half, like a half of a foot of a step ahead on it because I've been sharing so much that has absolutely nothing to do with business mm-hmm. <laughs> for like years now in a way. And I like people prefer, are they like, is course my copy even still open? Like, I don't know. And I'm like, yeah, I know I have not been talking about business at all. So it's like, give yourself permission to swing the other side and then you'll find your happy spot on the spectrum and the pendulum, you know? Yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm just going to like explore what this looks like. I, I just had this sort of light bulb moment as we were talking. So I've written it down as something to explore for next year. Anytime, because it's really like, and this is the thing too, that we talked about in the trimester of awesome last year was when people would record a Facebook live or a post or whatever. I'm like, you don't ever have to apologize for taking up time or space because we will choose and consume whatever we want and need to. And you're not Mm -hmm. forcing us to do it, you know, and it's the same on 
social media when people are showing up and they're like, I got to get in and get out. And I don't want to take up too much of your time. And I get that. And I honor that. Yes. But when we're just apologizing for being who we are and sharing what we're sharing, then we're not honoring that the other person has like a sovereign choice and discernment and they can choose what they're consuming or not consuming. And who are we to judge what they want or need to hear at this moment? Like it's literally not our business. It's just our business to show up and share what we feel called to share. And that was the question I asked Liz Gilbert through Jada through the little question basket was what's your best advice for dealing with the support and challenge that come from creating and living in the public eye. And her suggestion Mm -hmm. was replace public eye with human family. Oh yeah. Like instead of thinking like there's all these people out there that are going to judge this and see this and trolls and hate mail and like all these things in this fear, like a wall that I personally have started to just imagine exists. And it's like, no, we're all just in this together. We're all just making this up and you have just as much of a space on this planet as we do. So like she was basically saying she doesn't think about who's going to be watching whatever she's sharing. She's just sharing what she would share anyway. Mm -hmm. So that could be another nugget that was meant for your earbuds today too. That's awesome. Yeah. I just finished reading Michelle Obama's Becoming um, and I just am so excited about her story and like finally getting to see more of the behind the scenes and just how really honest she was. And I just aspire to be a storyteller like her and she's not a professional storyteller, but she tells a nice story. Right. And I was just really inspired by hearing about her life like that and just the way that she shows up and how loved she is. And I'm sure she has lots of critics and lots of haters, but she shows up in in a way that I really appreciate her. And I know a lot of people around the world do too. So yes. And what you appreciate in her exists in you. And it's like the ultimate I'm rubber, your glue. (laughs) (laughs) I'm rubber, your glue, whatever you appreciate me exists in you because totally that's how I know that's how your dreamies would totally describe you. And it's like you just owning that trait. So I've also been on a Martini kick over the last few months mm-hmm. talks about owning the traits of the greats and looking at the people who embody whatever trait it is that you admire. Mm-hmm. And part of that is seeing and thinking like literally doing a little brain cell bicep curl and thinking of at least 20 to 50 examples of when you've exhibited that exact trait. And it's hard to think of it, but then once you get going, you're like, okay, okay. And then you own it. And then you take the trait off the pedestal by actually seeing that there there are its own drawbacks to that particular trait too, because yeah, it does expose you. It does. There are people out there who might throw some shade your way or whatever, but the benefits can outweigh the drawbacks and you can just see it for exactly what it is and make it a well-informed objective choice of if that feels right for you in a given moment, you know, and deal with it as it comes to. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I love this conversation. And I'm also curious when you read over 130 books this year, like (laughs) audible or like with your eyeballs or both. Both. Yeah. I usually have two audibles going at once right now. I have two or three and then I usually have one on my nightstand and one in my purse. So just kind of like (laughs) whenever I'm stopped, I'm reading kind of thing or walking. (laughs) Uh, I love that too. It's not always necessarily books for me. Sometimes it's like a, a YouTube video or whatever, but pretty much, yeah, all the time I'll be like, and Jeremy's walking in and I'm TMI like in the shower and I have the iPad propped up to where I'm listening, like big magic. I've been listening to it. I'm like, I'll do anything. If I can listen to a book while I'm doing it, I don't mind doing three loads of laundry and the dishes <laughs> and I'm in the dust because I'm in my own world with yep. in my ears. So what are some of your favorites that you've been reading? 
Oh my gosh, I need to pull up my list. Well, I loved Becoming. I thought that that was like, a, it was the most recent one that I really loved. Yeah. Um, I really liked this book called Go-Giver. It's a book, like a business book, but it's all about like having giving be one of the, the first things that you do. Do, 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 do. I really love This Is How It Always Is. Mm. Um, it's a, a, a family it's a book about a family <laughs> and um, their youngest boy discovers or just discloses that he is trans and is, he's actually a girl. And it's like the journey of her life and journey of the family and the decisions that they make. Yeah. I really loved Kristen Hanna's Nightingale, which is a, a story about Paris in World War II. Ooh, yeah, it's a really interesting book. And is it nonfiction or that's nonfiction? Oh no, it's fiction. Sorry, sorry, sorry. It's okay, fiction. so you've been reading a good mix of both. Oh yeah, nonfiction. Yeah, all kinds of and business books. I, I think like my business books have been maybe like one in five, and then it's been like a mix of fiction, nonfiction, and everywhere in between. I really love celebrity bios. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like just so random, but I really love reading about celebrities. My favorite, favorite book is Trevor Noah's book, Born a Crime. Mm -hmm. And I would not recommend reading it. I would recommend listening to it because he speaks so many different languages and reading it is completely different from hearing him speak it and just hearing his accents and the way he switch, switches back and forth between his different identities. It's so cool. So I would really recommend that book. Yes. This is okay. Are you going to continue? No, I'm, I'm done. No, <laughs> I'm not with, are you done, Raina? Are you done? No, like, are you going to, is in 2019, are you still like, I'm going to book binge certain number or it's just like well yeah you like to listen to books so you're gonna listen but it's not like a goal necessarily yeah I think I'm just gonna keep doing what I've been doing anytime people are like what gift do you want I'm like send me audible credits yeah. <laughs> um so that's what I've been doing but I just discovered the library which sounds really dumb but like I usually just go to Amazon and buy a book and recently I've been just going to the library which sounds really silly but I finally okay. have a library card. Yeah. I'm taking that as a divine breadcrumb because as I was driving Bryson to school this morning, I was like, I really want to go to the library. Our library flooded last year with Harvey. And oh, everything, no. So I hadn't been there. But now I'm like, I really want to go. And so. Yeah, do it. Confirming. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So what, but we have, I just have two more questions for you. Okay. So what are you most excited about in your business right now? I am most excited about, we have narrowed down our offerings from having so many to having three specific ones. And our signature course is called Dreamy Client Magnet. And it's all about helping our multi-passionate people figure out who their people really are and just getting really good at serving them. So I really, really love serving in that community and just showing up for them. I'm really excited about that. And then our just one-on-one -on -one clients have been amazing this year. And I just want to continue that <laughs> trend along. So I get to serve people at a different stage in their business. And it's really fun to be able to really, I got really lucky early on in knowing who our, our dreamies were. And it's been cool to be able to get really clear on what they need and what things we could cut this year. So kind of like I'm excited that we cut things and I'm excited that we get to continue the things that are continuing. Yeah. And exactly like all these lessons that you're sharing are so like we were talking a lot about the life stuff, which, you know, I love, mm -hmm. um, but we're talking about a lot about the life stuff and it's so necessary because we can see 
when the new newbies are coming in with the heart eye emoji and the infatuation, like, yeah, let's go get it, <laughs> you know, whatever, they're going to need this and they may not need it yet. And that's totally fine. Like be in that season where business is your hobby and la la la. But we can just say like, Hey, this might be around the corner for you. Heads up. Like this information and these ideas are going to be here whenever you need to like, because this is legit a thing, the whole, like, what is your hobby? Like, what is a hobby? You know? So mm-hmm. I am really grateful to you for sharing all of these super tangible examples, like even just reading books that are not business books or even not nonfiction, you know, actual fiction books and things and letting your imagination play. I love that that's been a theme of this conversation. Yeah. I think I'm going to be rereading all the Harry Potter books next month. So mm-hmm. just stay tuned because <laughs> there's like eight of them. <laughs> Do that. Yes. I mean, not to shit on you, but like totally just sharing the books that you're reading. Do you do that already on your Instagram? You know, I actually haven't been doing it as much, but I do quite a bit of it on my Insta stories. Just like whenever I'm starting a new book, I'll like share what I'm reading. Yeah. That'd be a fun highlight just to see the books that you Oh my gosh. I totally, yes. I should probably keep doing that because I think I started one, but I haven't been keeping up with it. So thanks for the reminder. Yeah. And then that way, selfishly, I'll have it to go when I'm looking for book ideas and inspiration. (laughs) What's a new book I should read that has nothing to do with anything that I'm typically reading about? Okay. Let me go check Raina's favorites. Raina's love it. Okay. And then the last question, is there anything we haven't covered? And this is specifically through the lens of Naptime Empires and this intersection of motherhood and creation, which is really, I'm kind of feeling like more of the, um, I even just changed my Instagram bio and I may change it right back, but I deleted entrepreneur and put connector because Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't necessarily identify much as an entrepreneur, especially lately because I realize it's more of a means to the end of all the other things I love to do. So like, I do like to talk about it, but I don't necessarily am like, I'm a biz builder. You know what I mean? But yeah. I'm just curious with this conversation of whatever you're creating, whether it's business or creative work of some kind and parenthood, is there anything we haven't covered that you want to pass along to somebody who's like, can I do this? You know, how can I do this? Can I do both of these things? Yeah. I mean, I feel like there's so many things. One of the things that we totally have not touched at all that's been prevalent in my life has been just this nagging sense of like, wanting to grow my family for the past few years Mm. and like where does it really fit in in my business where does it fit into my family and all of that stuff as we transition from the east coast to the west coast that's been like a prevalent conversation as well and so I don't know you know growing your family from three to four or growing your family from two to three that's you know all those big transitions are so challenging and like with the mix of infertility in there as well it just makes it even more just difficult, I think, and challenging with all the emotions that come up. And sometimes you need to take time for yourself and not focus on business as much. And sometimes you don't need to be showing up in order for your self-preservation to, you know, really take care of you. So I think that's a a line that I'm still sort of navigating and figuring out myself. And I, I think that this is kind of what's playing into that authenticity thing. Like what am I supposed to be sharing right now? How do I really want to be showing up? Um, so yeah, I, I don't think it's like really a business nugget necessarily, but just if that's a place where you have been or you are right now, it might just, you know, just know that you're definitely not alone in it. And it's something that a lot of people are probably navigating. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for saying that. And it is, it's this whole podcast is about the intersection of both. And when you are trying to air quotes, plan your family, and then you have this 
real experience where it's like, oh, right, I can't actually plan this. Like I could plan a launch, you know, then it's, there's so much that goes with it. And you're right. This isn't something that a lot of people talk about. And I know when I shared about my miscarriage years ago, there's so many people who come out of the woodwork like, yes. And I say, that's like the password. It's like, I get it, you know, and I've been there. So definitely, I think it's a beautiful reflection too, that you're just creating space to let yourself need whatever you need in the moment and honoring that because if there is no space, then, then you can't imagine what it would look like. And then also sometimes people need to lean in more into the work if that's exactly what you need. And that's the key is like honoring whatever you truly need in the moment without letting anybody else's should creep in. Yeah. I think it's just like a matter of if we can slow down and discern what it is that we actually do need rather than numbing with our work. Because I, I know that I have been prone to just just diving into the work and not thinking about that stuff. And it's too hard to be there. So like permission to, to go there and also to like, just check in and make sure that you're doing what you actually need rather than like what's easiest. Yeah. I love this California Reina season. (laughs) (laughs) So exciting. And I'm really excited to see whatever you create and share whatever you feel good about sharing and knowing that some things are great for friends and private Facebook groups. And some things are like trusting yourself, right? Going back to what you're talking about with the crossover and ice skating, but trusting yourself to know when and where is the right time. And even when it's scary, if it still feels right, then you go for it. And trusting yourself to know the difference is really everything. And we're all just practicing and we're going to fall on our booty bums and that's okay. Like (laughs) hold each other's hands. And if we need the little scooter skatey thing, then we can have that too. And it's all the freaking journey. So true. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh. This has been great. Thank you for sharing everything that you've shared. Where is the best place for us to find you? Yeah. Connect with me on Instagram or on my website. So Instagram is Raina and Company and my website is RainaAndCo.com. Okay, cool. All right. And I will link to you listening. I'm going to link all that in the show notes so that you can go find her future book club highlight (laughs) and you can copycat whatever she's reading too as she creates her novel and her ceramics and her ice skating and attracting dreamies, all of that goodness. Thank you again, Raina. This has been sweet. Thanks so much for having me. Okay. I hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as we did. I just want to highlight a few things before we go. Number one, when she said, I know that being a stay at home parent has its merits, but I was just not cut out for it. This goes back to the concept of do it for you. There is no one right way to do this. Your way is the right way. See the gift of mom guilt if you're having any issues around that. But I just wanted to highlight like that's the beauty of this podcast and all of these different conversations that I've had with friends who are running their own businesses in all kinds of degrees, part-time, full-time, more than full-time at all scales. It all comes back to what works for you in this season of life. Okay, also, can we just talk about her ice skating crossover piece about trust and how it's smoother when you trust yourself? That was so good. And I also really wanted to highlight the movie date piece because what's one date you can make with yourself? It doesn't have to be even paid. Although I think the idea of a movie date is really fun because I like never go to the movies anymore. But yeah, what's one thing that you could do to put a date in the calendar? A movie date, a friend date. It could be a Netflix movie date. Okay. I'm stuck on the movie date idea. Anyway, let me know. And yeah, I would love to hear what was your favorite takeaway from this conversation. Post a screenshot to your Instagram story, tag us at Raina and company at Nikki Brown. And if you haven't yet, 
which is highly likely because at the time I'm recording this, I know there's like 10,000 times plus more downloads than there are (laughs) reviews. So if you haven't yet, while you're right here in your favorite podcasting app, I would so appreciate it if you would take 60 seconds to leave a rating and review for the podcast. The more reviews we have, the easier it is for people to find our corner of the podcast world. Plus, selfishly, I love reading your feedback and what's resonating with you. So thanks for taking the time. Okay, that's it for real. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Catch you in the next episode. This show may be over, but the conversation is just beginning. Head on over to naptimeempires.com slash Facebook so you can join my free... Wait, did I say free? I'm in priceless, rapidly growing community of Naptime Empire Builders for deeper discussions, behind the scenes scoop, and of course, updates whenever I've got new stuff coming up for you. NaptimeEmpires.com slash Facebook. See you there. See you next time. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 